Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. We are preparing for Scuba Radio Thanksgiving uh, next weekend uh, at the Gomez Hilton. It's going to be a very special show. We're going to have to pre-record it knowing the group of people that are going to be hanging out uh, together celebrating diving and uh, Thanksgiving, as we like to call it. Uh, And that'll be next week's show. However, this week, we have a plethora of uh, folks to share with you on the broadcast. First up, Dr. Doug Ebersol is with us. Dr. Doug, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Dr. Doug, uh, you know, he knows everybody in the dive industry. He uh, is, you know, I don't know, like a, a, a diving scientist. I mean, he's a heart surgeon. He's our go-to guy for cave diving, cavern diving. He has more certification cards than probably any diver I know. And, uh, and he's just an all-around great guy. And so I wanted to pick his brain on uh, several levels. He's getting ready to go to Norway. We'll get to that in just a bit. But the DEMA show was a couple weeks ago, and I got to ask you how you felt uh, going to the uh, event and, and who you caught up with and stuff, Doug. What, what, do you, what do you think about it? Well, thanks for the intro. That's uh, far too kind. But uh, I thought it was a great show. I had not been since 2019. So, uh, you know, I was been a the while. last time I'd yeah. gone was, was pre, pre-COVID. So I was, I'd heard, you know, the show was small last year and so forth. I was a little bit concerned, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that, you know, is this going to be, you know, slower or is it going to have to be kind of on the rebound? And I really thought it was on the rebound. It's uh, still a little smaller than it was before, but the people that were there, everyone seemed very uh, optimistic about the industry. Everyone, there's a lot, seemed to be a lot of traffic. Yeah. Uh, every, all the booths all seem to be very happy with uh, the way the show is going. So I was actually quite impressed. Yes, uh, I would agree. And we kind of covered that a lot last week on the show. But uh, yeah, everybody reported great business. And, um, you know, and if you, you can't really compare it to last year in Vegas because, you know, things were just starting to open and that show was very small, but everybody there reported uh, really good activity for, for the small size of the show. But, you know, a lot of people couldn't even get to Vegas for the DEMA show last year. And this year, it's the first time it's been open since COVID. Everybody could get there if they wanted to. And we were definitely on the rebound, you know, where they, was it up to the numbers of right before COVID? Eh, I don't know. Maybe not quite there, but uh, darn close. And I think next year, I don't know if you got that vibe too, but for New Orleans, they're already having record sales for booths and everything. I think everybody is thinking they're going to be at that show. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. It should hopefully be back to normal by next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like I said, everybody reported good stuff. Did you catch up with a lot of old friends in the dive industry? Isn't that the great thing about that event where you get finally face-to-face as opposed to Zoom like we're doing today? (laughs) Yeah, that was probably the best part of the whole thing. So 
Uh, unfortunately, I was only able to be there. I saw you, you know, the first couple of days. I was able to be there the first two days, and then I had to go back to work on Thursday and Friday. So I had kind of just front loaded with a bunch of meetings, um, uh, just you know, people I wanted to see, just just being friendly, but also some actual business meetings with you know places like Divesort Network and so forth, and right. uh, some travel places and so forth. But then just kind of getting together and meeting people for lunch or meeting them for coffee or whatever was great. So I walked the show one day and then had one day that was just kind of sock full of meetings. Yeah. It was fun. I well, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, there you go. And, and you know, uh, Dr. Doug's a pretty big, uh, pretty busy guy. I mean, you know, when he says he's busy, he's like uh, having heart surgeries, saving lives. I mean, it's it's not like, uh, oh, I got to go meet with Joe over there at the gas station or something. No, it's I mean, he, he does crazy stuff. And and then when we got back uh, after the show, I reached out to him and I figured, you know, he's going to take some time to decompress. No, he's diving. He's out diving. I mean, uh, your schedule is crazy. I mean, I don't know how you fit it all in. I can't do a show every, you know, once a week. Hardly without pulling my hair out sometimes, but you are going in 10 different directions. And I love the fact that you're already back in the water after the Dima show so quickly. And, and what were you doing this week? Uh, this weekend I was uh, cave diving up at Jenny Springs with a, with a couple of friends. So nice. was it just, uh, so it was just fun dive or were you doing some training or what? No, this time was just fun. Just, yeah. just, just fun dives. So we took our, uh, the three of us took our kiss rebreathers and our Seacraft scooters uh, and kind of went all over the place. One day on Saturday, we did about a three-hour dive. Nice. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, two and a half hours. Now, you've done this. God knows how many times have you dove Jenny Springs. Tell me. Oh, what yeah, do you think? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you've lost yeah. count? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, probably hundreds. Does it ever get like, well, I've seen this a billion times, or are you always looking for something different? Or what? what is it about going back to the same site? Because, you know, when you go to the freshwater springs like that, for me, like if I go to Devil's Den, I've been there a couple of times. I love it. I, I think it's a really, really cool dive. If you haven't been to Central Florida and, and got to visit a place like that or Jenny Springs, uh, you got to check it off the list. But, you know, you can go do this and, and then 10 years later, go back and do the site, and it's exactly the same. It's not like the ocean where it changes constantly all the time. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, I, 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 I will definitely go back and do it again. But, you know, I, I don't know, you know, is there something new that you do uh, or see when you go back to these sites that have a tendency to be more stagnant in that sense? Or what do you think? It's a little bit of both. Um, the... You know, with training, it's fun to train because you get to see people excite, just like any other kind of training. Right. Uh, see people's excitement when they see things for the first time. So that's always a lot of fun. Uh, when it comes to just fun diving, um, there's a couple of aspects of it to me that are enjoyable. One is just the uh, performing the dive uh, Better. well, meaning, yeah, but you know, well, yeah. um, having a plan, really having a plan and diving a plan and and placing jumps and not stirring things up and just from a technique standpoint just making yourself kind of a better diver i think right i think cave diving is very very good for that um but then this time actually i did see a couple things i hadn't been to before the the couple i went with uh have been longtime cave divers and they live like five minutes from jenny springs yeah so we went to one place it's a little silty and a little small to get back to uh where there's actually a whale bone hmm. uh so an ocean you know ocean creature whalebone right uh, and a freshwater spring a couple of thousand feet back that's pretty so freaky. that shows how all this stuff you know used to be salt water so that was kind of entertaining yeah um and, and they knew about our, that and knew uh to where you know, take you there yeah yeah it's it's not the easiest place to find right. you know they don't have it there's not like you know flashing lights to show you how to get to it you uh -huh. have to kind of know someone who's been there and 
that someone else has shown them how to get to it kind of thing. So it's not well trafficked. I got you. Um, and then on the second day, we complete a circuit. Uh, there's a couple places a long ways back that you can connect. And I hadn't done the connection before. So it's that was scootering for a lot of it. And then in the very small, silty stuff, just kind of uh, pushing the scooter carefully and kind of pulling without kicking to avoid uh, silting things out too much. Yeah. So, so when you're cruising so that, that through, uh, you know, uh, something like that, I mean, uh, is it something like you guys are cruising on the scooters and then maybe you see something like, whoa, hey, guys, wait, and you have like a signal or you tap your buddy in front of you, I want to stop and get a picture of this or something uh, along the way, or are you like on a mission like, okay, we're going to go here, here, and it's very usually, yeah, segmented usually it's like kind of a, It's usually kind of a mission, and if we're going to be doing photos, we have that planned out ahead of time, like for the uh, the whalebone, we already had a plan where it was going to be, who was going to be in what position, who was going to look through the window at it, you know, all that, all that sort of thing Got planned it. out. Um, and when we did the Tom Mount um, uh, memorial that I had placed back in April at, uh, in his, at his memorial, uh, a few weeks ago, we purposely had a plan to swim back to that and get photographs of that. But, oh, uh, that's nice. Most yeah. of it's a plan. Like we, you lay out the map in front of you and say, we're going to make these jumps and go this far. And it's all planned. You know, we're going to drop stage bottles of extra gas here. We're going to take the scooters this far, drop them off. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. So it's, it's all well planned out. It's, it's very disciplined. It's a very, it's another very level. Much of diving that dr doug does uh sometimes but he likes to just have fun too and look he's going to norway and <laughs> with his wife and she dives and they're gonna go hang with orcas or something we'll find out all about it next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Bula. You'll hear that a lot when you visit Fiji. It's more than a greeting. It's the spirit of this friendly country. With 333 islands, white sand beaches, and year-round tropical warmth, it's hard not to feel happy at this exceptional dive destination known as the soft coral capital of the world. Fiji Airways has a modern fleet of aircraft to take you to Fiji in style and at great prices. Contact your travel agent now or go to FijiAirways.com and plan your Fijian dive adventure. That's FijiAirways.com. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explore Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save us in kits turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explore ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit exploreventures.com that's exploreventures.com hey baby What's going down? Later, nerd. Are you lacking with the ladies? Nope. Enhance your scuba superpowers with a new scuba radio hat. Wow, nice hat. Just picked it up at scubaradio.com. Buy two scuba radio hats and get free shipping. Need a dive, buddy, sexy? Always. And I got a scuba radio hat for you, too. <sighs> new scuba radio hats are now available at scubaradio.com. So cool. Order yours today or stay a loser. 
Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Hello, girls. You uh, have the right station? Oh, yeah. He is a diver and a doctor, too. He's underwater in the ocean blue. Yes, you did. If he asks you for a sample of your pee, don't, this back off. don't you know you'll be in surgery? They call him Dr. Doug. They call him Dr. Doug. Call him Dr. Doug. He's moving up his stinking glove. Call him Dr. Doug. Hold on to your butt. What? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. It has nothing to do with his cardiac surgeries that he does on a weekly basis and saves lives. And uh, and he is a crazy uh, diver. I mean, crazy in the sense that he does so much of it. Uh, I'm talking about Dr. Doug Ebersaw, our guest right now on Scuba Radio. And uh, Dr. Doug, you're getting ready to go to Norway. Is that right? Yeah, we leave uh, and actually leave tomorrow. Uh, and be gone, you know, a week or ten days, something like that. Wow! I mean, this is obviously one of those uh, bucket list type dives, isn't it? We actually kind of stumbled into it. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife, her uh, heritage is Norwegian from my grandparents or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and a friend of mine who lives in Michigan contacted me and said, uh, "I'm running a trip to Norway in November of 2020 uh, to snorkel with orcas." Nice. Uh, so I jokingly said to my wife, hey, because she's a warm water diver like you. She's kind of an 80, 80, 80 diver. Yes. So I jokingly said to her, I said, look, uh, this friend has invited us to go to Norway over your birthday. Uh, and it was a milestone kind of birthday. And I kind of jokingly said, would you like to go do that for your birthday? Thinking she would immediately say there's no way in heck uh, that she'd want to do that. She said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so um, we signed up for it. And, of course, COVID hit. Uh, so November, 2020 got delayed to 2021 and now it's been delayed to 2022. So wow. we, uh, actually leave tomorrow and hopefully we'll get, be able to get in the water with some, uh, some orcas. Excellent. Has that ever happened before? Have you ever been able to dive with killer whales? I have not. I know you saw one in the Galapagos. Uh, I saw I've eight. Never, I've actually, even, yeah. A pod I've of never eight actually, killer whales. I've yeah. seen them, you know, like from a boat, like from cruise ships, that kind of stuff in the Pacific Northwest and seen mm-hmm. them, uh, out in the bay and stuff. And, um, in British Columbia when we were diving up there, but never actually been underwater with one. Yeah. So, well, I, I was uh, underwater with him. I just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> and then, right. Uh, the, my story was in the Galapagos and they swam behind me on my, uh, on my safety stop. And then we broke the surface and the other buddies came up, Greg, we got killer whales. I'm like, what? Get out of here. And then I turn around and see the fins and there's like eight or nine of them uh, swimming uh, off. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And we jumped up in the, inflatables and cruised with them for about 20, 30 minutes and over right real close to them is crazy, but we didn't, you know, they didn't really uh, recommend getting in the water with them. I mean, <laughs> at the time they were, uh, playing with a seal, uh, their sea lion or whatever it was, and they were catching them in their mouth and, them around. and then swinging them around, <laughs> letting them fly and then catching them again. Like it was like a, you know, cat playing with a cat toy. 
It was really wild experience, but they uh, they didn't really encourage us getting in the water with them. However, we did have one of the guys, some kid from California, some young punk kid, like eighteen years old, uh, when we were idling, just watched him uh, watching him. He jumped in and with his uh, mask and snorkel, and everybody freaked out. You know, the dive masters and everything. I'm like, no, what are you doing? And he he gets out of the water. Finally, drag him out and. And uh, I asked him later on the boat, I said, dude, what, what are you doing? They didn't like you doing that. He goes, oh, my gosh, I've always wanted to snorkel with killer whales like SeaWorld. Are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, I jumped in, and they were swimming around playing with that sea lion. And then they just stopped and looked at me. <laughs> and then, Oops. Yeah, and then he said, uh, I said, well, what did you think then? And he goes, he's just like, don't be a sea lion. Don't be a sea lion. <laughs> he's like maybe i better get back in the boat so he jumped back in as quick as he could but it was kind of funny uh you know story but uh evidently they do that in norway or you might have that option to actually get in the water with them and snorkel if they're i guess they're they're they watch their behavior i guess right right well, it's, yeah they've been doing this for a couple of decades and uh it's been very very safe so what they do is at this time of year, apparently the herring are moving into the fjords uh, of Norway mm. uh, and the orcas. And I guess over the last few years, some humpback whales as well okay, uh, cool. come into the fjords uh, to feed on the herring. So you're in a, a liveaboard boat, you know, and they're trying to find where they are. And when they locate them, uh, you're in dry suits. Uh, you quickly get in your dry suit, get into Zodiac uh, and go out to where they are. And again, the, the guy's going to make a decision if you're just going to stay in the Zodiac and watch them or, if you could slip into the water. Right. Uh, and we well, if they're the water, feeding so. on a herring, you're probably, you know. We don't uh, look like a herring. Exactly. So that'll be you good. You don't have to sit there and say to yourself, don't be a herring. Wait, they're really small. What the? Yeah. So I so think that'd yeah, probably be okay. That'd be cool, though. Just, I mean, what a, what an experience that'll be. Just, even to see those from the surface uh, on a boat is, is an awesome thing. But if you get in the water with them, that'll be quite uh, quite an experience, I bet. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, I looked to see because I figured, you know, where exactly are we going? Uh, so it's a you go at the boat leaves at a place called Tromso, which is actually north of the Arctic Circle. Hmm. Um, so then I'm thinking, okay, it's late Norway or late uh, November, Uh-oh. north of the Arctic Circle. Yeah. How much light is there going to be? So I looked up, and for the month of November, uh, there's five hours of daylight per day. And when you get to December, it's zero hours of daylight per day. Nice. So we're going to be somewhere between zero and five hours of uh, daylight. So All right. Well, we won't you have get, a lot of opportunities. You'll probably get the northern lights uh, up right. there, too. That's right? what I say. So the key yeah. is going to be if we don't have, with the short days, we have long nights. So hopefully mm-hmm. if we have some clear days, we'll get good shots of, uh, of northern lights. So it'll be a combination of just kind of being with friends and hopefully seeing, nor- you know, seeing the orcas from the surface, maybe getting in the water, and then having some opportunities for the northern lights all wrapped into my wife's heritage, which is she's, you know, just kind of wants to go back to the homeland, so to speak. Yeah. So it should be fun. Well, there you go. Well, just uh, your dry suits have a relief valve in them. So, you know, when you're snorkeling with them and you think, oh, wait, they are killer whales, <laughs> you know, uh, you'll have a, a, you know, you'll have a exit strategy for yeah, the juices. Or at least, really, part, yeah. at least, at least some bodily functions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. If you if you have to, but you know, I think they're fine. You don't hear too much story about them as in a bad way. They're they're magnificent creatures. Very smart. Yeah, apparently, too. apparently, there's never been. I've been, I've been told never been a documented um, attack of a killer whale on a human in the wild. Obviously, there's been the issues at SeaWorld, but uh, in the wild, uh, there's never been an attack on a human. So yeah, 
Well, keep our fingers crossed. I can still say that a, a week from now. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I'll tell you that part of the world is on my uh, bucket list, and I, I know I'm going to get there eventually. So uh, go out to Norway, uh, do that. Are you are you doing the glacier dive thing where you uh, dive on the uh, tectonic plates or in that? Oh, that was there? that's in Iceland. Iceland. Uh, oh, did, okay. Yeah, we did that a couple of years ago on my milestone birthday. That was my birthday present. I have you know got the photo of. Uh, of touching the two tectonic plates in Silfra, Iceland. Okay, that's not so, even uh, nowhere close to where you're going, is it? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty cold, but it's still a way south of where we're going. Well, that's yeah, it. Way, yeah, way I, I my uh, you know geography just goes uh, cold water and warm water. So yeah, these are, those are both cold water. Yes, yeah, exactly. Both, both very much cold water. All right, Doctor Doug Ebersol, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for the update, buddy. All right, have Enjoy a good time. time in Norway. Bring back a troll or two. As a dive buddy, maybe. Yeah. More coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer. And Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Peregrine is a simple, full-color, multi-gas dive computer. It's also the most economical Shearwater dive computer released to date. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater. Dive computers for demanding divers. Do you have a message or a product that you'd like to share with the diving world? Well, look no further than Scuba Radio. Just like you, thousands of diving enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to scubaradio.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. When you want fun, just read a page from my dive log book. I used to say live and let live. You know you did In this underwater world where we can dive in, should make one give it a try. Said, Live and let's dive. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Special guest again, good friend of the show for many, many years. Alex Prilsky is with us, has a new book. 
and he is on a Scuba Radio with us. Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Recovering from the Dima Show. Yes, aren't we all? But it was a good one, wasn't it? You had a good time oh, at the show. Absolutely, yeah. it was. It was. Uh, it was uh, almost like old times. It, it really was, and it's so great to get uh, back face to face, catch up with people like well, Alex. I saw him in the you know in the aisles there at the Dima Show, and he said, "Hey, Greg, we got to talk. I know you don't have time right now. I'm running here. You're running there. But can we talk about my new book? So let's do that." right now it, it's pretty cool so you worked out something with the the reef guides uh crew right indeed indeed uh, i we just published uh, my newest book uh, which is entitled beneath the blue planet a diver's guide to the ocean i love it and uh, indeed so uh, it was uh, two years actually in the process uh and uh as i was looking for uh, publishers i i want i didn't want to self-publish i didn't want to go through that hassle and uh, I had, uh, I've actually had a long relationship with Ian Popel, the CEO at Reef Smart Guides, and uh, he saw the, uh, you know, the nexus where, you know, what they do and what I wanted to do was uh, consistent, and uh, they decided to, uh, you know, take the plunge. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, just so we're clear, he this is Dr. Alex Brilsky. He's written the book on diving, the diving uh, encyclopedia that I, you know, did my dive training with when I became a dive master years ago. Al- it was Alex who wrote the book on diving. And so, I mean, yeah. it's crazy uh, the history you have, 40 years plus uh, writing uh, manuals and all this kind of stuff. So, th- I mean, this isn't coming out of nowhere. This guy knows what he's talking about. If you don't know the name, you've been living under a rock. Uh, but you know, that's possible because, you know, if you're not taking on diving as a, your profession, you know, uh, you, you may not have uh, crossed your radar. But uh, but Alex really knows his stuff, and it's very apparent. I, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, receive an electronic version of the uh, of, of the book to peruse, and I got to tell you, the layout is awesome, Alex. I mean, even I can read it. So <laughs> you've you've dumbed it down for people like me, which I that, that's a compliment. Okay, um, you, you may think otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the illustrator and the art director uh, Otto Wagner did a fantastic job. It, it actually blew me away when I saw the first uh, proofs of the book. It was it's just a a beautiful book. When you open it, you want to read it. It's uh, you know it's just extremely well designed right so why did you uh, end up writing this what, what was the uh, inspiration well, I, can, I, I can answer that in two ways yeah. uh, it, uh, the, the the short answer it was a covid project uh, mm. i started it in april of uh, 2020 just after the lockdown and so it kept me busy for five months uh, and then i embarked on a, another probably six months having it reviewed by uh, over 30 technical reviewers uh, around the world actually nice to make sure the uh, you know the accuracy and feedback and things of that nature and but then again if you take a, a look at you know how it came about it actually came about over 20 years because in order to kind of develop the the content of the book it's really based upon the past 20 years i've spent in an undergraduate classroom and uh as I, I, I retired back in 2019 uh, from the College of the Florida Keys, but prior to that, I, I kind of thought it was a shame that all of the, the courses and curriculum I developed was would just go away mm-hmm. and decided uh, when I, quote, retired, and which meant nothing more than I was going to do something else, right. decided to come back into the dive industry, and I thought a lot of what I was doing was relevant in terms of divers and dive professionals if it was tweaked a little bit. And so the book really uh, came about uh, 
based on that. And my approach, the, the book is really explained by that subtitle, A Diver's Guide to the Ocean. And in my view, there'd never been a single source of information that was written specifically to divers uh, that explained the ocean and the major issues that are of uh, relevance to divers. And if, you, uh, if you're familiar with my last book, The Complete Diver, I, I always try to do what I call a comprehensive but comprehensible uh, approach. Mm-hmm. And it, it, is, it is quite in-depth uh, and extremely well-referenced. Uh, you look at the reference sections in the back. Yeah. Uh, Goes on for so, days. Yes. <laughs> it does. You know, I, it's, from, from my perspective, it started w- with a belief that I have that we don't really do a very good job as dive professionals preparing divers and con- uh, in terms of connecting them with the environment. And that's understandable because the professional development process really doesn't address the environment very well. Mm-hmm. And so the, the book, in my view, is is what the knowledge base that all dive professionals should have. And a reason that's important is I think a lot of divers drop out simply because we don't often connect them very well with the environment. You know, we spend all this time making them safe and, and comfortable, but then we kind of drop the ball when it comes with really connecting with the environment. Mm-hmm. So the book attempts to fill that void uh, for professionals so that they have, okay, here is uh, here is what I should know to do that. Uh, so in, in accomplishing that, the way I designed the book, it's in it's four sections. There's a a section uh, on uh, basic oceanography. So we just talk about here's how the ocean works, and then section two delves into coral reefs because you know that's really the ecosystem that describes diving. Right. And then because of their uh, popularity, there's a, a section three is on sharks. A pretty comprehensive look at sharks. Of course. And then the fourth section I call uh, doing the right thing, and it moves from knowledge to action. It tries to convey methods that divers can, you know, turn that knowledge into action in terms of what they purchase, how they dive, and and how to really become uh, advocates for the environment. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it really is a, a, a unique uh you know, source of information. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I mean, the thing is, I think there's a natural progression. When you become a diver, you want to start to protect what you love doing, uh, especially if you really get into it. And it seems to me like your book helps grease the wheel a little bit, even makes that uh, process a little faster. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to give the impression it's just for professionals. It is a good general interest book. In fact, you know, on those long trips to wherever it is you're going, it's a great thing to have on the plane. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be on my a, holiday read for uh, Thanksgiving, just so yeah. you know. You nailed well, that one. <laughs> it's on Amazon currently, which they mistakenly say won't be available till February. That's wrong. They haven't promised, but they've suggested that pre-orders will be filled by Christmas. Okay. Well, there you go. little nugget I, to share with everybody right there. Exactly. But I also wanted to make a pitch that I think it would be a great textbook for any instructor who's teaching a specialty that involves the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you are training dive masters or uh, instructors, it's a great professional level textbook. In fact, I spoke to some uh, course directors at DEMA who are looking at uh, doing just that. Bottom line, it's for all divers, snorkelers as well. And uh, general interest, if you have the initiative just to put your face in the water and look beneath the waves, I think the book would have something for you. Well, I have no doubt. Like I said, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but it looks really, really good. And uh, it's on my holiday reading list. And thanks for doing it. Beneath the Blue 
Planet by Alex Brilsky. Order it today on Amazon. And any other website we want to send them to to order this? Or what's the best uh, way? Smartguides.com. Of course. Uh, there you go. And it will be available a little bit later in all Walmarts and Targets. Uh, Books a Million, Walden, the publisher's gotten into all sources. Bookstores near you. Indeed. Always great talking to you, Alex. Uh, you have a great holiday, and thanks for checking in. You got it, Greg. Thanks. And we got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Remember, you're swimming right now. Enjoy it. Don't grab for the water, man. Relax and just float. This is awesome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master, and I told you we're going to have a lot of special guests on the show today, which brings us to our next one, Tom Ingram from the Dima Show. You may recognize him as the mass diver from the uh, Dima Show. <laughs> he uh, participated in our fun little contest a couple weeks ago here in Orlando, and I, I really want to thank you, Tom, for being a good sport and sporting that uh dive mask that we put together a couple days before i mean people dug it and i you know i was like can i get tom in this mask and you're like yeah i'm in whatever whatever you want greg god bless you <laughs> well thanks for having me on and thanks for abusing me at every opportunity i sure appreciate it well if we didn't do that it meant we didn't like you right that's yeah. uh, that must be it yeah yeah that must be it yeah. tom uh, you know, he's been a good friend of the show for so many years, and uh, Dima's been, you know, a big part of, uh, you know, our, you know, we we have the same mission. We're we're all here together to promote diving, and that's what uh, right. you know the Dima Association is all about. And the Dima Show every year is so much fun uh, to get together with the industry folks and uh, compare notes, network, and uh, celebrate diving. That's what it is, right? That's exactly right, and uh, we had a great time this this year in Orlando, so thanks for hosting us again there, young man. Well, we appreciate uh, <laughs> coming to your hometown. It's, it's always great. Yes. And, uh, the, you know, we, we, had a, we had a good crowd. We had a, a lot of uh, folks that uh, were able to come to 2022 who were unable to come to 2021, mostly because of all of the restrictions and travel. So we had a, a significant international presence, as well as all the folks from around the U.S. and North America. And uh, we actually saw a significant increase in the number of buyers that came to the show, uh, something on the order of about 54% increase in nice. the buyers that registered for uh, DEMA Show 2022 compared to 21. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, it's always about the quality of the people that are there that are actually doing business, and that's what we're all about, and that's why that buyer figure is so important. Absolutely. Uh, we also saw uh, uh, almost an 80% increase in the overall registration uh, for the show. So uh, that that's attributable, I think, in part uh, to the fact that folks have been away from each other for so long. Face-to-face -face is such a 
important part of what we do as an industry. And so the DEMA show certainly uh, helps to, to foster some of that. But the other part of it is, of course, we're in Florida which, as you know, is the number one diving state in the U.S. There you go. So that's why we have we have lots of folks coming in and right. uh, lots of professionals that are there. So uh, altogether, a great show, uh, lots of good feedback that we've received. Uh, we're getting ready to put out our exhibitor uh, survey, but uh, for those that were attendees at the show, be on the lookout. You should see uh, uh, an attendee survey link coming to you. So come and let us know what you thought about the show and what we can do to make it even better for next year when we hit New Orleans. Yeah, which is going to be huge, everybody. I mean, <clears throat> you know, New Orleans was on the list right before COVID, and everybody was so psyched about going to New Orleans for the first time in many, many years for the DEMA show. And then right. COVID came and shut us down. And that was a big, uh, you, know, you know, gut punch. Uh, to a lot of folks, yeah. unfortunately. But hey, we're yeah. back, and we get to look forward to it uh, next year for sure. Now, I got to say too, Tom. You know, it's all anecdotal when what I see at the Dima show. But the the crowds were very strong each morning, and it seemed to be a little bit um, I don't know more steady throughout the four days. You know, like each day, you know, sometimes there'll be a little bit of a trail off on this day or that day. But I, I don't know. I I kind of saw people coming in fresh each day. You know, you did, did that pan out in the numbers that you've seen so far or what, what do we know? Yeah, so far, you're absolutely right. So we usually see a, a trail off in the last two days of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the, with the last day being the one that has the least attendance, if you will. Uh, so we open up uh, and have a one day pass for the last day of the show that folks can come to if they haven't been able to attend. Yeah. It's a little less expensive. So it gives them a chance to come in. Uh, but we didn't see that really that trail off, uh, and I haven't looked at the final numbers yet. But uh, just as you said, anecdotally, we see lot, we saw lots of folks on the floor. And there was still lots of buying and selling going on. So uh, I'm I'm very pleased with the opportunity to have uh, kept that thing open for as long as we did, and for uh, all the folks that came to the show on the last day and all throughout the show, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Yeah, and like I said, uh, everybody that we've spoke to had a great show, including Scuba Radio. We had a record, uh, you know, amount of giveaways this year from all our sponsors. I don't know if that was just because of the, you know, lag of time not being able to get together for so many years. But my gosh, Maybe. it was literally uh, I was giving away so much stuff. I had to have a clipboard to keep everything straight, or I was going to miss it. It was crazy. I know. I yeah. uh, on that first day of the show at opening, I had to scream at you to get you to do the countdown. So we that's right. I was everybody in. You, was were, like, you were having too much fun over yes, it. Yes, Tom was looking looking at Greg. We got to go for, open the show. Quit doing your crap and let's go. Come on, <laughs> good lord. And uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we have a good time. Uh, And, you know, the whole idea is to send everybody in with a smile on their face. And I think with the support of our sponsors and the DEMA folks, uh, I I think we did a pretty good job uh, in the morning. Just had a great time in that regard and look forward to it. Every single year, New Orleans will be no different. Uh, And, by the way, uh, I've heard, and I guess this is anecdotally too, but I went into the, you know, uh, booth selection office. Man, that place was popping for New Orleans. Are, are, is it already higher than what we typically see for a DEMA show for next year, or, or what do we know? Well, it, we had about 96% of the folks that were on the show floor this year as exhibitors turn around and re-sign for New Orleans. Okay. So that's a big number because typically what we will see 
is when we've been doing East Coast, West Coast, uh, Las Vegas and Orlando, we'll see some of those uh, exhibitors kind of drop off when we move to one side of the country or the other because right. they don't want to travel that far. Yeah. But that's, that's not at all what we saw this time. Uh, we saw uh, almost all of those folks that were on the floor as exhibitors this year have signed up to be in New Orleans. It's in the center of the U.S., so that's good. Uh, it's a party town, so that's good. Yeah. And, and we haven't been there in a long, long time, so that's going to uh, apply to it here as well. So uh, I think the numbers are going to be really good. We're uh, we're boosting our uh, our sales quotas, if you will, uh, uh, and our projections uh, a little bit, which is going to be helpful because, as you know, every penny that we earn from the show goes back into the diving industry, mm-hmm. trying to keep the show alive and trying to keep all the stuff that we're doing. We've got lots of legislative stuff that's going on out there that everybody needs to pay attention to really closely because some of it is really going to be impactful to the industry and not necessarily in a good way. And we've got to get everybody involved in that as much as you can. So taking those funds from the DEMA show 2022 and also uh, as we go into 23, those are going to be really helpful for us to continue to be able to lobby, to do the research that we're doing to uh, be able to uh, help the industry as much as we possibly can. DEMA does a lot of stuff, uh, especially if you're like a dive center or, you know, marketing materials. They got uh, collateral that you can use and research. There are so many resources for the dive professional. It's ridiculous. I mean, it really is. But you got to take the initiative. Is They're not just there to sit back and, yeah. you know, serve you necessarily. you you got to be proactive, participate. It's your association, right, Tom? That's right. And I actually had a board member a number of years ago that said to me, you know, we should probably pay people to help with our research and to do all the other types of things that we have. We kind of took that to heart and we've developed a uh, rewards program for the professional. So check into it because that program will help you as a diving professional engage with the association, but you'll also get something back in return for that. And yeah. uh, it's our way of saying thank you for contributing all of the effort that you do. You get a ton of stuff if you really look. You just got to dig. And now they got that program. Doesn't even really cost you anything if you participate. It's pretty uh, remarkable uh, what they do. That's right. Dima.org. Yep. Check it out, Tom. Always a pleasure. Appreciate the update. And congratulations on a great Dima show 2022. We look forward to even a better one in 23. All right. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to it, too. And thanks to you always for everything that you do for us. We'll put you in a mask next year, too. <laughs> All right, hour two on deck. Stay close to the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the Internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go! The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard... 
Blah, 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 blah. They're not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com.